This is our sixth year here at Arapahoe doing Bible on Broadway, and it's a way that we find God in the arts, the arts of literature, in this case musicals, performing arts, graphic arts, even architecture. When we look and we listen, much of creative expression draws us in and closer to God. Or we find themes in the arts that are also expressed in the Bible. So that's our intent for Bible on Broadway. We're hoping you don't see it as sacrilegious <clears throat> not to see or hear word for word in the Bible what's in the scripts and the music in the theater, but rather to find and reflect on the richness of the thematic storytelling and character development that is also reflected in the Bible. A little bit of a difference, but such is the case with Fiddler on the Roof. You heard Brittany say a little bit of this uh, earlier. This was a blockbuster on Broadway. Nine Tonys, that's a lot. <clears throat> the 1971 film won an Academy Award uh, and had several nominations for other awards. There's clearly something in this story, and particularly in those who tell the story on stage, that speaks to us. Fiddler on the Roof is a stage adaptation of these short stories that were written pre-1900 by Sholem Alakam. It was called Tevye the Dairyman and His Daughters. It was written in Yiddish, which I want you to think of as uh, a language of, of Jews who lived in Central Europe. And when I say Central Europe, I don't mean like um, you know the, 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 the eastern side of France or anything. We're talking way up like Czechoslovakia, Ukraine now, that, that type of area. Um, and it's a blend of German and Hebrew and other language, which was a distinctive form of expression of Jewish culture. <clears throat> but the fiddler is set in 1905 in the Pale of Settlement in Imperial Russia. He actually wrote these stories in the 20 years before the turn of the 20th century, and he used his own experiences to help tell this. That's not to say that he was ever a dairyman, but he used his experience to tell about his experiences in Yiddish Jewish culture, in what is now known as Kiev, which is, as you know, the Ukraine. So you might be asking what the Pale of Settlement is. This is where you're going to say, gee, I wish I paid attention during world history. You'd be right to do so because it has an important foundation in this Fiddler story, so I just want to share just a bit. The Pale of Settlement is this area in Western Russia where Jewish people were sent to live within very certain boundaries. Now, I'm drawing a box, but it wasn't necessarily a box. And it, they were under very specific administrative and legal systems that, of course, were not of their own choosing. The settlements were formed starting in the late 1700s as a part of the partitioning of Poland, and that happened three times. Every time that happens, it gets smaller and smaller. This is where this phrase, beyond the pale, comes from. Surprise! You stay in your place. And we, as leaders, will tell you what your place is, what you can and cannot do when you're in that place. This is where we find the fictional, tiny, poor village known as a shuttle, 
and named Anna Tevka, and where Tev Tevye lives with his five daughters and his wife. The story of the fiddler then is about a family living in a poor village while wars are fought around them and changes in the world are moving really fast. It's really hard to keep up. And Tevye is the father of that family. So today I want to share with you a little bit about what's pushing Tevye to make changes and how he deals with all of those requests that are coming left and right. The question here is about tradition versus change. And the story starts with a fiddler playing a very simple tune and with Tevye sharing a monologue with the audience. You heard it before when the choir sang tradition. He gives us this image of a fiddler on a roof who is playing, but at any point in time could tip to one side or the other. He's sharing that we all have challenges in our lives and we need to find balance. There's a dual culture going on in Tevye's world of the Yiddish Jew living in the larger system of the Russian rule and how the laws of the Torah may or may not overshadow the laws of culture and a whole lot more. Here's how Tevye puts it. Because of our traditions, we've kept our balance for many, many years. Here in Anatevka, we have traditions for everything, how to eat, how to sleep, how to wear clothes. For instance, we always keep our heads covered and always wear a little prayer shawl. This shows our constant devotion to God. You may ask, how did this tradition start? I'll tell you, I don't know, but it's tradition. Reb Tevye, the Reb means that he's looked upon as a wise elder who knows much about Jewish tradition, is challenged to find balance for himself, for his family, even for the village. And Yiddish culture dictates that the father makes those decisions, especially about who the daughter is to marry. And marriage is a familiar line that runs through Fiddler. Three, dollars want to three daughters want to break with tradition and marry the person of their choice, not necessarily what the father has dictated. Seidel wants to marry Modal, who wants to be a tailor, but Tevye had arranged for Seidel to marry the village butcher. Eventually, he gives his approval. Hodel wants to marry Pershik, a Jewish student from Kiev who supports overthrowing the government. Tevye doesn't like it, especially when they don't ask for permission to marry, but just a blessing. Tevye reluctantly agrees and gives both. And Hava, she has the audacity and the luck to fall in love with a Russian soldier, Fiedka, who is not of the Jewish faith. And that's just a break with tradition. It's beyond the law, and Tevye doesn't allow it. So how do we keep with tradition in times of change? How do we decide and discern what is the right thing? Well, Tevye talks with God. Some might say that this is his form of prayer, but it's a unique way that he talks with God through these challenges. Here's some of my favorite quotes of Tevye talking to God, and they're wonderful examples of finding a friend in God and more having a conversation as prayer. Listen to these. Tevye says, am I bothering you too much? I'm sorry. As the good book says, eh, what should I tell you about what the good book says? Sometimes I wonder, when it gets too quiet up there, God, 
if you are thinking, what kind of mischief can I play on my friend Tevya today? Tevya says, it may sound like I'm complaining, but I'm not. After all, with your help, I'm starving to death. Oh, dear Lord, you made many, many poor people. I realize, of course, it's no shame to be poor, but it's no great honor either. So what would be so terrible if I had a small fortune? I know, I know, you, we are your chosen people, but once in a while, can't you choose someone else? <laughs> this is how Tevye has a conversation with God. But he also ponders those discussions in a series of, on the one hand, on the other hand. Tevye says, he loves her. Love, it's a new starting. On the other hand, our old ways were once new, weren't they? On the other hand, they decided without parents, without matchmaker. On the other hand, did Adam and Eve have a matchmaker? Oh, yes, they did. And it seems the two have the same matchmaker. The tension bumps up against what Tevye has learned in the Torah, the law. So let's listen to scripture from Deuteronomy 5, verses 32 through 35. is one of the books in the Torah. Tevye would have grown up learning about these laws in Deuteronomy. And here's how it reads from the NRSV. The author of Deuteronomy details the story of the Ten Commandments just prior to these verses, the Mosaic Law. And so we're deep into tradition here with these words. So these two passages, passages are a summary of Moses at the end of the chapter. You must therefore be careful to do as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn to the right or the left. You must follow exactly the path that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and that, you may, and that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land you are to possess. Don't turn left or right. Stay on the path to which God has commanded for this will lead to full life. Tevye has to decide how to handle Hava's request and he turns to his religious training to decide what to do. It's not all about marriage and permission. There's another context happening here. Hava doesn't just want to marry a non-Jewish person. She wants to marry a non-Jewish soldier who is part of the system that's oppressing the Jewish people. Here's how Tevye works through this challenge. Accept them. How can I accept them? Can I deny everything I believe in? On the other hand, can I deny my own daughter? On the other hand, how can I turn, back, uh, turn my back on my faith, my people? If I try to bend that far, I will break. On the other hand, no, there is no other hand. Here's the thing, though. The path that God has commanded for us, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You might think that neighbor part is New Testament language, but it's not. It was actually first written in Leviticus. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love neighbor. Love God, love neighbor. It's that simple. But arriving at the right answer isn't simple, is it? Life is complex, and we see that in Fiddler. On the other hand, on the other, 
on the other hand, and so forth. There are so many conflicts to work through, aren't there? There's generational conflict, political conflict, economic and justice conflicts. And I want you to know I thought long and hard about using a New Testament scripture today. In no way did I want to co-opt or supersede the Hebrew Bible that this musical is based on or incorporates. That said, Jesus has some things to say about tradition and whether we should forego tradition in favor of something else. Let's read from Mark chapter 7, verses 1 through 8. Now when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him, Jesus, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups and pots and bronze kettles and beds. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Jesus, why do your disciples not walk around according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? And Jesus said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Later in verses 14 and 15, he shares this. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person by going in can defile. But the things that come out are what defile. The gossip, the rhetoric, other things that are evil. Honoring with lips and words, but, heart, but hearts are far from God. What's happening here is that Jesus and the disciples had just been feeding the 5,000 and healing the sick in Gennesaret. And the elders who have tradition in the law have misinterpreted all of that. Jesus comes in to remind everyone that when our hearts are close to God, we will find solutions and challenges that confront us. He shares and challenges us to consider the decisions that follow God and our heart. Those are answers that we are looking for. They're answers that God is sending to us. And yes, sometimes those answers go against tradition. In Tevye's case, he does cut off Hava from the family and even declares her dead to them. Later in the story though, after he has had some understanding of oppression and other things, the entire village of Anatevka is ordered to evacuate, for there will be destruction in the village in a few days. As he packs the family belongings up and they're ready to leave, as they begin, Hava and Fiedka come by the house. And Hava explains that they are leaving because they cannot stay among people who would do such things to others the Russians were going to topple Anatevka. And as they leave, Zidel says goodbye to them, and Tevya says the same. And it prompts her to add, God be with you. Hava and Fedka leave as Tevya begins to pull the wagon. Maybe he hasn't fully forgiven her, but he has looked into his heart to ask, is there something going on where I can accept this. 
Hava shares with the family that they can no longer be a part of a tradition that's harmful to people, a tradition that holds on the one hand words of protection and unity, and on the other hand, violence and oppression. Tevye's one word, goodbye, makes all the difference to their relationship because it's a break in tradition that otherwise wouldn't include love. Tevye has started to understand that maybe there is another hand. Maybe there is, so long as it holds love in it. Can we use that? Love our neighbor, love each other, in some of the challenges in the world today? I mean, it's not exactly stretching it to see the current situation, war in Israel, in Fiddler on the Roof. On the one hand, Hamas is a terrorist organization that sends bombs to Israel. On the other hand, Israel does have a right to defend itself and its people. On the other hand, over time, the Israeli government has squeezed the Palestinian people into small strips of land, similar to the Pale of Settlement, being controlled by the Israeli government and even Hamas. That is not living. On the other hand, well, you get the picture. It's not easy, even when we consider love. And I know the answer is far above my pay grade. But what I do know is this, keeping our hearts close to God and continuing that conversation with God individually and as a community, out loud or silently, doesn't matter, that helps to, uh, us to understand more exactly what our path is. There are people hurting and people dying, and it's up to us to use our voices and our prayers to find that path that God has placed us on. The prophet Isaiah shared with the people when they cried out to ask why fasting didn't seem to be giving God, getting God's attention. And Isaiah pointed out that the people were focused on the wrong thing. They weren't focused on what comes out of their mouth with love. They were fasting from food, as was tradition, but still quarreling and fighting amongst each other. He tells us in chapter 58, verse 5 and 6, will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast I choose, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Through the prophet Isaiah, God reminds us that tradition includes seeking justice with our hearts. And as Jesus shared in the passage that I previously shared, don't let your words and actions defile what God has called us to do. So today, you may have heard that the governor has asked clergy to speak from the pulpit today, October 15th, about the current debate and his call for school vouchers. Well, sir, I'm not sure you expected me and Tevya. <laughs> but here we are. A small group from Arapaho attended a rally at the state capitol in Austin last weekend, a rally against school vouchers. We had already been through that on the one hand, on the other hand, in our hearts. And what we heard was a call from God to stand up for justice for those who are already being significantly impacted by underfunding public schools for years. We went to stand up for racial equity, 
to bring attention to an outcome that will destroy public schools, and especially schools that are already significantly segregated. The fast we chose and what we advocated for was to clearly give priority to public schools, which are the backbone of our community in raising educated and passionate leaders in all areas of life, medicine, education, development, fine arts, technology, and more. I don't oppose vouchers because they are something new and a change to tradition. I oppose vouchers because they will end up hurting those that God calls us to the most, the poor, the oppressed. I oppose vouchers because they are being used as a political tool for our governor, who just this weekend agreed to increase funding for public schools if, on the other hand, we approve school vouchers. This means that any increase in teacher pay, those who have stood by our students during some of the hardest times of the last five years, is directly impacted by passing this bill. But only if I get my way, says the governor. I oppose vouchers because there's no accountability for the private schools that will accept them, no general accountability similar to the public schools for admissions, for costs, for grades and scores of students, for teaching and educating public special populations. Governor, and those for whom you are seeking favor, I would share that amazing and creative things can happen if some of that surplus in the state's coffers are loosened the yoke to fully fund public schools. Currently, Texas ranks in the bottom tenth of funding per student. That, I say, is a forced fast. And Governor, I've searched my heart and I've listened for God's will, and I know that strangling the current schools from adequate funding while pontificating about test scores and low teacher retention and other things is disingenuous at best. On the one hand, Governor, we seek to loose the bonds of injustice. On the other hand, Governor, we seek to undo the throngs of the yoke. And with both hands together, we can help to let the oppressed go free without vouchers, and with full funding from our, for our public schools. Tevier and the family share a Sabbath meal together early in the movie. And the Sabbath prayer is sung instead of spoken. You'll hear it here in just a minute, but I wanted to focus on just a few of the lines to wrap up. May the Lord protect and defend you. May he always shield you from shame. May you come to be in Israel a shining name. May you be like Ruth and like Esther. May you be deserving of praise. Strengthen them, O Lord, and keep them from the stranger's ways. This prayer as written is to Tevye and Goldie's daughters, the prayer that they stay safe and that they know who they are, and that they follow in God's path. That they will be like Ruth, who stayed with Naomi, proclaiming and promising that your God will be my God, and your people my people. May we also understand the long-term nature of advocacy and love. That they will be like Esther, 
gaining courage when needed to stand up to evil in all forms that it presents itself. And may we, all of us, seek to make the world one of love, not sticking to tradition in all cases, but listening and responding to God to lead us down that right path. May it ever be so. Amen.